Welcome to the Being Human podcast with Amelia Vegting and Jez Francis. Brought to you by Just Add Water. Hello, I'm Amelia Vegting. And I'm Jez Francis, and welcome to the Being Human podcast, where we explore what it means to be human in this world we find ourselves living in. So, Amelia, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks, Jez. Um, you know, we're recording just off the back of the Easter bank holiday weekend, which I started with watching the Lionesses beat Brazil at Wembley, which was amazing, having 83,000 people there at the game. So a big step for women's football. But um, also, excitingly, I got asked by one of my best friends to be her bridesmaid for her wedding next year. So very exciting. Ooh, yes, yes, I know. So what did you get up to over the weekend? Well, it felt like a very hectic one. We celebrated my daughter Lily's 16th birthday and popped over to my parents with some birthday cake. Uh, I went for a few runs with Dennis. Mm. Um, I spent some time at the allotment. Of course. Where else? Yeah. Uh, nothing's growing. Um, Yet. Apart from weeds, which is worrying me, uh, <laughs> and a source of much laughter for my family as well, as they see me kind of um, anxious that nothing's actually happening. Um, I managed to get some guitar practice in, which is good, and I caught up with one of my oldest and dearest friends as well. So a packed weekend, no wonder it whizzed by. Well, it sounds like a really wholesome Easter weekend. Yeah. <laughs> People don't use the word wholesome when they describe me very often, so <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. So I'm really excited about today's podcast episode. But before we get into that, Amelia, shall we do some boring things about me? Great idea, Jazz. This is the part of our podcast where we celebrate the more mundane reality of being human by sharing some humdrum moments from our lives. So Jez, you've usually got a boring tale to tell. Uh, do you want to kick us off? I'm going to take that in the in the way in which you meant it. Mm-hmm. I have got a good one. Go on. You know the hardware shop on Lower Marsh? How, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant place to start. Okay, so I've been in there for the last four working days on the trot. <laughs> Time number one, earplugs for band practice. Nice. thought I'd pop in and see if they had them. They did. And I entered an Aladdin's cave. Trip number two, cucumber and beetroot seeds. For the allotment. Yeah. Trip number three, pots for growing seeds in seed plants in they didn't have any which reminds me actually i need to go back they got a delivery this week i need to pop in this week at some stage to so pick trip up number five coming soon yeah and then trip number four was a, a file a metal file to take the edge off the sort of rebate plate for our front door lock so this purchase led to a, a diy fix very good which um, made me feel very proud of myself and saved us a few quid and it made rebecca happy too so everyone won <laughs> What we're talking about here, Amelia, is my new hardware shop addiction, basically. Mm. Um, It's almost up there with my stationary fetish. Oh, God. What about you, Amelia? Well, I recently had the quite boring but amazing moment where I had a Kit Kat in the office, just a humble two-bar Kit Kat, and I'd eaten one of the bars gone obviously got distracted gone away and done something else Mm -hmm. um came back a little bit later and assumed that the wrapper that was there on the desk would be empty so i went to you know pick it up and put it in the bin to only find the uneaten bar left and it was the same sensation as sort of finding a 10 pound note in a pair of jeans that you haven't worn for a long period Mm. of time i was very pleased with myself and i do actually remember telling you in the office of this story and you (laughs) And your face gave me two things. Number one, Amelia, that was a really dull story, really boring. So I thought, excellent. Perfect for the pod- podcast goal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And secondly, 
you looked secretly jealous that that had just happened to me. I remember it well, and I was I was very envious. That is a fantastic feeling when something like that happens. I, I, I it doesn't happen often, but when it does, my goodness, it feels good. It does. Today we're going to be exploring creativity, a fantastic subject and one that is in our DNA at Just Add Water. But Jez, what do you understand about creativity? So when I think of creativity, initially I always imagine the arts and those who create them, painters, sculptors, writers, poets, musicians and so on, uh, which in turn makes me think that I'm not a very creative person. Mm. But I'm also very aware that creativity is so much more than this. It's the use of imagination, original ideas and experiences to create something new. It's all about us finding unique and innovative solutions to problems, expressing ourselves in new ways and pushing what we currently think is possible. Arguably, everyday life calls on us for a bit of ingenuity or a novel workaround. Maybe you're unblocking the loo or fixing a door lock. <laughs> fixing a door lock. Um, you know, in this sense, almost all of us have some degree of creativity. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be coming up with something completely brand new, sort of, you know, building on what you were saying. Creativity is also taking an existing idea and finding new ways to connect those ideas or creating something and giving something a go in a different mm. context than what you'd usually do. So, you know, that might be switching things up from the environment you're in. So, you know, if you usually take meetings in offices, taking them outside and going for a walking um, meeting instead, or if you're stuck on a problem, going trying to solve that same problem elsewhere is sometimes a way that I've seen as advertised to try and spark some creativity. Interestingly, having a, a shower is often advertised to sort of spark some new thoughts, which I thought was interesting. So this is about being able and, and willing, I guess, to, to look at things in a different light and finding new ways to approach problems or challenges. Yeah, and I, I think that's why it is so important um, in our lives, both you know personally and professionally, because um, being creative allows you to think outside of the box. Like you were saying, we can apply creativity to so many different walks of life, whether that is relationships, hobbies, work, other daily tasks. For example, I was sort of scrolling through the news and looking at the way that people mm. are dealing with the cost of living crisis and finding new hacks and ways to live. And of course, it's a really difficult and challenging time. But that context is making people be creative in the way that they live, perhaps without even realising it. Yeah, that's a great example, actually. It also makes me think about how constraints and mm. boundaries are often the driving force behind finding new ways of doing things. So have you spotted any stories about creativity as we were preparing for our conversation, Jez? So yes, I noticed a story in the paper last week. One of math's most intriguing mysteries has finally been solved um, is there a shape that can be arranged in a tile formation, interlocking with itself, without the resulting pattern repeating itself ever? So this apparently is a conundrum that scientists had grappled with for decades until hobbyist David Smith from Yorkshire created a 13-sided shape using cardboard cutouts which fulfilled the criteria. His discovery has united people from science, the arts design, architecture, even cookery. People are making dishes um, in the shape of this tile, apparently. Mm. Um, they're all coming together and enjoying this little shape that infinitely disrupts order. So yeah. I thought that was lovely. Very creative, I think. Yeah, I really like hearing stories like that. They give us faith that we can solve all these challenges that might be out there in the world with a bit of creativity. I agree. And we do have an extremely creative guest joining us today who I think is really going to shed some light on you know, what creativity is.
Joining us is our friend Ben Goddard, musical supervisor, director, composer, orchestrator, who's worked in theatre, TV and film for 28 years, supervising shows such as Once, Made in Dagenham, Little Shop of Horrors, Jackie the Musical and The Hired Man. He composed the title track for Lego Friends. He's sung on over 100 movie soundtracks. He's appeared with Adele at Wembley Stadium. These are just a few highlights. He's <laughs> the musical director on EastEnders, as and when they need music. Alongside that, he's had a 25-year stage acting career, including Jerry Lee Lewis in Million Dollar Quartet, Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar, John Kelly in The Beautiful Game, and many, many more roles. Ben's been a friend of Just Add Water since before the company began, often joining us on client work when we need some musical inspiration. Ben, welcome to the Being Human podcast. Sort of almost sounded like a eulogy, didn't it? I was like, I was like, like, and here lies Ben. (laughs) Yeah, God, it's quite, that that does, that sounds quite a lot of stuff, I guess. I have been doing a lot of stuff over the years and and very varied as well, which um, I don't know why, but when you hear it out loud, it does sound surprising. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, look, before we dive into the world of creativity, can we ask you a few questions so our listeners can get a glimpse into who you are and what makes you tick of course you can mate let's start with this one then if you could have any superpower what would it be and why uh this is a very 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 niche one (laughs) i would have uh, audio filters in my ears like i will have evolved so that i can shut down when it's too loud i can filter out bottom end so that i could be my own mixing desk in my head so that when i'm playing piano in front of very loud uh, speakers my my hearing is is a little bit sensitive shall we say (laughs) but I have to wear earplugs for anything and I I would love the superpower just to be able to think it out and it would just go sort of like gills on a fish except that the the oxygen being brought in would be the sound audio man yeah audio man yeah Yeah. (laughs) audio man and maybe then also I could throw sound into people's heads that they didn't that they didn't want to listen to yeah that'd be good if you could switch places with any character from the stage or screen who would it be and why Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, th- you're immediately drawn to your favourite movies. Uh, mm. My favourite movie um, is Arthur, the original Dudley Moore uh, one. And I, so I think I would probably uh, swap in for um, John Gilgood's character, the butler. I think because he has a great deal of care for one person and it's, um, it's an incredible job. And someone who also, also someone who doesn't have children, it's a very nice thing to know that there are people out there who look after other people just because they can. Mm. Wow, that went in a yeah well, I, deep. I could, quick, I could have just said Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island and could only bring one item with you, what would it be? Piano. Go on, give us a bit more. Yeah, yeah without with, without question, because. Because um, I use it, uh, it's not only what I do, I play all the time. I have, um, my grandfather was a player and he he left me his um, beautiful Steinway piano uh, when he died and uh, it's in my living room at home and I could have put it in my studio but actually I wanted it because every time I go from the living room to the kitchen I pass it and pretty much every single time I will play something, even if it's literally just going, but I will play something. It's kind of like my stress ball. Um, Mm. My long-suffering wife, Lizzie, will tell you that whenever we're away, if I don't have something to make music on, if I don't have ukulele or or a harmonica or something, but I have to have something just to filter out the sounds that are constantly going around my head. So, yeah, I would definitely take a piano. What is your guilty pleasure TV show or movie? 
And oh, now so might easy. be a good time to talk us through Celebrity Gogglebox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely isn't a guilty pleasure. Um, I'll, I'll answer. I'll come to uh, Gogglebox if you insist on talking about it. Um, but uh, I, my secret is that I am a massive Fast and the Furious fan. So really? I could easily say, oh, I, I loved Room with a View and the nuance <laughs> and the telling of the story. But no, uh, absolute nonsensical cars going way too fast in a, in a way that uh, is not possible through the laws of physics. And even in the last one, they ended up in a car in space. I mean, it's absolute nonsense. <laughs> but I, I sort of love the, the little child in me who, you know, had the uh, the little cars and just put them around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, had scale electrics. And, but even just the die cast, you know, the, the, yeah. the little cars. Um, I, I Hot Wheels or whatever they were, I, that, that is what those films are. They're for those, those um, people who as kids like to smash cars into walls. And um, <laughs> did you actually want to talk about Gogglebox? Yeah, come on. <laughs> so you were on Celebrity Gogglebox alongside Craig Revel-Horwood. I, I was, uh, yeah. Um, so, so Craig is a great mate of mine. Um, and we had just, last year we did a tour of his one-man show which I musically directed, and he said, I'll be on stage with me, it'll be so much fun, we can banter. And I was like, okay, mate. So I ended up being on stage and really to kind of remind him how to, uh, what lines were next. But while we were doing that, Celebrity Gogglebox approached him and Jonathan, his fabulous fiance, mm. um, just said, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> and so Craig said, oh, you do it. I'll make, I'll make hot sausage rolls and we'll have a nice time. And I said, yeah, all right. So I was going to ask you know about what? those. It was a surprising choice of snack in front of you guys, some sausage rolls. That wouldn't have been what I expected. From... So, and they were homemade and Craig is. The thing I don't know, oh, wow. I mean, he, he did win Celebrity MasterChef, but people don't realise just what an extraordinary cookie he is an unbelievable cook. but yeah. Mm. So anyway, that's how we ended up on Gogglebox together. And it was great fun. Ben, what do you do when you're not working to relax and unwind? Um, that's a good question. I absolutely love sport of any mm. description. Mm. And my idea of heaven is sitting down watching anything. I mean anything. Lizzie has always said that if there was tiddlywinks, I would watch it. <laughs> and I probably would. I love the real-time theatre that sport brings us. And um, I think sport is a great metaphor. Sort of it's quite like being a performer. It's quite like being in the creative arts because we all know what to do, but in the moment you're going to be forced to make a choice. Yeah, absolutely. That is yeah. going to be creative. There's and jeopardy, that, right? There is absolute jeopardy. And, um, and even though a lot of organisations sport is, is practiced and rehearsed for want of a better description in a, in a tight format it is still those moments of magic that um can, yeah you never do create. know what's going to happen you really don't and what is the best piece of advice you've ever received from who and how has that impacted your life um I was doing a show called Jesus Christ Superstar. I was playing Judas in it, and um, it's kind of the best role ever. It's <laughs> it's like the most extraordinary role, but I, I got it. It was the first musical I'd ever done, um, and I got the best part. And 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 sort of I screwed myself a little bit because it's like you know, ta-da, I've won. And, uh, <laughs> and then you what do go, I do now? Literally, I won the lottery. I was I was twenty four slash twenty five when I got that part, and. Mm. Um, I was very young and I didn't really understand and I was it was a huge show for Andrew Lloyd Webber and and 
And very quickly, I found myself getting bored. I'd never done a long contract before. So, you know, about six months in to the first year, I did it for two years. Six months, I was sort of, you know, oh, I was going out. I was just, you know, sort of not phoning it in, but I was definitely going through the motions. And I think whatever job you do, at some point you start being able to do the shopping list in your head while you're doing it. So um, I was on stage giving this, you know, you know, huge, great um, dramatic performance and at the time I was going oh, I think I've run out of shampoo and at that point um, you know I was started to get bored and started to muck about a bit on stage and I, I was young and um, I had no previous experience of doing something that big mm. uh, and for that long a time and I was on the f- I remember we were in uh, I think we were in uh, Oxford or maybe no we were at the, at the Opera House in Manchester and I was standing backstage and the overture was was kicking off and I was um I was standing there shows how long ago it is we were all smoking I was I was having a having a fag and you know waiting to go on and um and I just said to myself admittedly I said oh god why am I so bored mm. and uh the guy standing next to me a guy called Robin Fritz he's a friend of Just Water as well mm. um said to me why don't you try doing your bloody job now, that's such a simple Didn't thing. Any punches. <laughs> no, it's such a simple thing. But for a young actor who literally had everything, I mean, I, mean yeah. I had everything. I had achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve in my first job. It was kind of crazy, my first musical theatre job. Um, that really hit true. Yeah. And I've always, at the points where um, I start to feel like things become comfortable, it makes me feel like I'm not doing my job well enough. It means I'm not giving it the right focus. I'm not giving the right attention. If it's too easy, I'm too comfortable. Step outside your comfort zone and find find what's real again. Mm. And that um, I've used that just that tiny thing. And also, it cut me to the core because he was my best friend on the show. He's my best friend now. And and I um, I've never forgotten it. It was incredibly good advice. And uh, I've taken it uh, on my whole journey with me. And uh, I still do to this day. Ben, thank you. I think uh, yeah, let's we learned a bit about you. Yeah. If we can now switch on to the subject of creativity, which is what we're talking about as part of this episode, how do you personally define creativity? Um, that's a huge question. Yeah. But for me, the simplest way to talk about creativity, people often ask me, how do you write a song? Or how do you uh, write an arrangement? The simplest answer is is that sometimes things just float by and you've got to kind of catch them. So if I'm sitting down and I'm tasked with writing a song and I'm looking at a blank page, I just literally will start with just I'll just play something and hope that something comes out of it and I can I can already feel something happening now. So I would. I just start and see what happens, and if something happens, then it... I'm not writing anything new here, but... I don't know. I just, I, I just, I will just start, and sometimes I will go down for about an hour on that idea, and then I'll go, that's absolute bollocks. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll say, well, maybe that's because 
um, I'm forcing it or I'm just, or it's not quite right. Or the instrument, the instrument's wrong for what this song needs to be. And I'll have a sense, I'll have a feeling of what a, what, what a song should be. And mm. I'll try and aim for that. And sometimes I'll just go, ah, this is bollocks. I'm not going to do this on the, on the piano. This is definitely a guitar song. And I'll pick up a guitar and then I'll start playing some chords and go, oh yeah. And then suddenly I just find a rhythm and then I find a hook, um, which is just a, a very strong melodic theme. Mm. Um, and um, And then before you know it, Sometimes after 15 minutes, I've got the basis for a whole song or a whole arrangement or whatever. Yeah. Are you someone that's kind of always open and aware of either ideas or feelings or stuff that's going on around you? I I think you have to be. I think if you're if you're working in the creative arts in in any form, you have to be two things. You have to be open and present. Mm. I think if you are if you are looking too far ahead, you're constantly going to be putting up barriers because it's not quite fitting something into a place that you haven't got there yet. Mm. You're, you're you're trying to force something, and equally, if you're constantly looking back, you're just going to start repeating stuff because you know it worked. So you have to be present, and then you have to be open to um, suggestion and to other ideas, and you have to be. Sometimes you just have to go. And just think, uh, that didn't sound good, but <laughs> but actually that can quite quickly come come into something. Makes it sound so easy, doesn't I know, it? I'm so <laughs> but, but, jealous it's but, but that but that but that is kind of how it goes. You can just just play. And I guess it started with me, if we go way back to when I was a very, very small kid. Yeah. I My brother was um, was playing on the recorder. Um, and he was, he, was a, he was a couple of years older than me. So he was about four or five and I was so two or three-ish. And um, I picked up his recorder and just, I loved it. I just blew it. I made a horrible sound, but I loved the sound that it made. And so my parents thought, let's get him a, because I wouldn't put it down. And so let's get him a, a, a recorder teacher. There was a family living up the road from us who were having recorder lessons. So they put us in touch with this amazing teacher called Anne Murray, who as a teaching a three-year-old, yes, you have to learn the notes, but she, from the very, very start, would always ask me how it made me feel. Mm. Now, that is, um, I think, quite rare. So I, whatever I do musically it is yes it's a technical experience and yes you can write academically and i know how it all works but none of it matters unless it makes you feel something mm. none of it matters at all unless it's part of a story and there's an emotional drive behind it so um if we're not getting that then it, it, it's not right so uh coming back to the um what is creativity i think it's about that and i think i almost said it before and what I should have said first is that it starts with a feeling. It starts with, I know, I sort of get an idea of how this song should feel. I get an idea on how this cello part should make me feel. And then I will start writing accordingly and tailor everything about that. There was a song that I wrote for an uh, album years ago. And it's just an interesting example because I was, I was just... And it was just a, a nice kind of little hooky kind of pop song that I was writing. And then by mistake, I was just doing it. I'd literally went, and I went, that is different. And I, so. Because it's just different. Mm. And, and suddenly that mistake and being present and being open to something made me go, that's. 
weird augmented note is going to mean more to me because it makes me feel off kilter and off balance. Mm. And that's the song that I was writing. Whereas what I started with was just very safe and. So that's that comfort zone thing yeah, you were exactly. talking about. Suddenly feeling uncomfortable. Exactly. It's like, just, oh, we've got something here. Absolutely right. And, ju- and just, um, it just pushes you into um, a completely different arena, really. And uh, that's the thing about music is there's, there's only 12 notes and um, they've all been written before. <laughs> and you can just, uh, you just have to kind of know that what you're writing, it might sound similar to something or it, or it might not, but it's right for then and it's right for you and just keep writing it until, until it's finished, I think. It's, yeah. Do you have to work in the arts to be creative? I really hope not. No, of course not. I think um, I think any anyone can find creativity. It's um, you can you can be creative on an Excel spreadsheet, mm. um, and I'm not just talking about making it look pretty. <laughs> I'm talking about um, how it can function for you and how um, you can do things slightly differently or and do something bespoke for a particular project that is going to make that um, that project move smoother. Ultimately, creativity is about, yes, being in the moment and being present, um, but moving it on slightly more. I find that I, for me personally, I can be creative up to a point and then I want to take it to other people and bounce off their ideas mm. because for me... The ultimate um, creativity comes from collaboration. Mm. Now, um, and that certainly applies to other walks of life. You know, I've done enough work with you guys at Just Head Water to, and working in big corporations to see when corporations are moving smoothly and how things work. And you can see people being creative in the moment, just not they're not sitting at a piano. Whatever their challenge is, I think there's always a way to step back from it and look at it differently. And that is creative. And that is ultimately what uh, I, uh, so I'm told <laughs> business is about, is, is moving things forward. And as soon as it gets too easy or too simple, you've got to push things out of a comfort zone so that it becomes different and interesting and, and successful. So how much is creativity, would you say, either a natural talent or a skill that can be learnt? Mm, this is nature nurture isn't it it Mm. is it is okay i have a foot in both camps here i absolutely know that i had a natural inclination towards music but what that meant is that i was interested in it yeah now as i was not a normal kid uh, my parents, we lived in a terrace house when we were very little and they had to move the piano from one side of the house to the other at regular intervals because the neighbours were going nuts because I was I was playing Pink Panther famously. So, Before I hear Pink Panther one more time, I'm going to tear my hair out. And, and I, don't, I don't blame them. I mean, good God, I was, you know, six. And just, of course, I would, I would be up at six every morning and I would be playing. Are your parents in creative My mum is an artist. Oh. She's a textile artist and a brilliant mm-hmm. one. Uh, and my dad thumps a piano and uh, he writes brilliant songs and ditties and every uh, party they go to they they always ask him to write a, a poem for it or something so I obviously have the creative arts in me mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother was an actress she was in the original company of Anything Goes um, and uh, and my grandfather was a was a great jazz pianist um, and so all that though doesn't mean that it's natural I, yeah. I think 
I definitely have always been able to do something and it's so my whole life that I can't explain how I can do it. I can just hear it and play it. And that yeah. is something I don't know that if you can teach, but you can definitely get better at it. Mm. So I think what it comes down to is interest. If a child is interested in music, he's, he, she is going to want to do it all the time. Yeah. And then you get your nurture anyway. Yeah. Mm. I think that is the same in creativity. I think... Can you? Can everyone be creative? Yes, absolutely. But they they're going to want to. They're only going to find their true creativity when it's in something that they care about. I was going yeah. to ask you about that. I think there's a strong link between unleashing that willingness and curiosity to innovate and explore new territory. If it's in a field that you find intrinsically motivating, or yeah, that you are passionate about. Yeah, I mean, I joke constantly with. Um, my dad did a proper job, you know, he did, he worked, he went into an office and he, he, he did work, but he was passionate about it. He was in, he was in magazines and stuff. I have always said, I have not done a day's work in my life. And I, and I absolutely don't think I have because yeah. I'd be doing it anyway. Yeah. And I, I would be doing it. Anyway. What else am I going to do? This is, this is, this isn't what I do. This is who I am. And I, that is the only slight difference between uh, creative arts people and, um, <laughs> <laughs> Muggles, we call them. I know it's a terrible thing, but it, it just started, started in theatre about ten years ago. People started calling calling punters Muggles. Oh, um, and and because once you've been behind the curtain, like once you've been behind the curtain, you can't you can't unsee it. You can't unlive yeah. it. So I can't not play. I can't not sit down and do something. I can't not have a tune in my head constantly. I can't not then go and make something of it. I have to be doing it all the time, mm. um, and I would be doing that anyway. Amelia and I were earlier on talking about how, for example, the, the current cost of living environment that we are experiencing is challenging us all to find new and innovative ways to live our lives more cost effectively. And from that, we, we talked about how constraints and boundaries can act as engines for the creative oh, process. Yeah. So how, how do you use constraints deadlines or whatever it might be well, to dead- power the creative process. Yeah, uh, deadlines is the key word, Jez. It is amazing how quickly you can spark when you have to. Mm. Um, things for me when I've been when I've been asked to write something or orchestrate something as I say is the word is the word whenever. That <laughs> that kills me. Yeah. They say, "Yeah, hey, whenever. It's, there's no rush on this." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. No, tell me when you need it by." And it doesn't matter if it's six months down the line. I'm still going to know that that's the thing, and, I, and it's going to, and inevitably, it's going to be a week before I'm going to go. Shit! I've got, to, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do that thing. I've got to do that thing that I said I was going to do, and I yeah. absolutely insisted on having a deadline. Staring at a blank page with no deadline it is just just I, 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 it kills it for me. Mm. I need to know what the journey is. I need to know the starting point, and I need to know what I'm aiming towards and when. And I find that. Just the, the mere fact that I have to get something done by next week, I know that I'm going to have to start. And starting is always the hard bit. Starting yeah. and finishing is always hardest. I can relate to struggling to actually get started on stuff. Yeah, sure. of course, of course, of course. You, you mentioned staring at a blank piece of paper. How do you handle creative blocks? Has that ever happened to you? Uh, yeah, a lot. I've just been through a little patch, actually. I did a load of work at the end of last year. I did... Uh, I wrote music for a, a play um, which we, we, we put on, which was great. I wrote with uh, my friend Paul and 
peak. Then uh, I went straight off the back of that, straight into Christmas shows, which is always crazy time of the year for us. Uh, and I, I MD'd one and I did some arrangements for others. I had about three, four months of every day flicking on the, the amps in the studio and just going for it and just writing and writing and writing, then putting the shows in and blah, 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 and doing mm. it. And suddenly I finished in January and it was like, ah, okay, I've got nothing. And um, that is... I'm always better if I keep going. So I stopped and I had some bits and bobs to do and I was I was working with some kids at a drama school on their showcase and and uh and uh, which I love doing. And uh, and I then a thing came in that I had to start working on which is this musical I'm doing later in the year. Um and I wanted to try out some new ideas for it and I just couldn't. It was just I just sat just going I don't know how to play the piano. <laughs> I mean, literally, I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. So what did you do? Yeah, I was going to say, how did you get around that? So um, another great piece of advice, going back to that, that I was given, I was given it by a writing partner of mine, Pete Rowe, who, who I've worked a lot with over the years in theatre. And um, his mantra is, get it writ, don't get it right. So mm. sometimes you just have to write it down, even if you're going to tear it up the next day you just have to get mm. something down it's kind something of getting down. rid of the blank piece of paper then exactly in that sense, at least it? then you've got something to work with mm. and and from that as i say you know there's something can come from it a mistake or or a wrong path or something and maybe you'll write something that is absolutely wrong for that but you go oh park that and that actually might work somewhere else so just get it written and it's always so much easier being an editor than it is um plucking something out of thin air so when i'm stuck i force myself just to do something and then 99 times out of 100 i'll come back the next day and go oh i don't really like that but i can see what i need to do with it to make it right yeah Mm. Um, and how would the environment that you're in play into you know your creativity it can be really destructive actually if you've got a very bad environment i if, if you're not comfortable it can really hamper because you're constantly distracted by things that make you feel uncomfortable. So I have a studio at my house, but um, it is in the building next door. If my studio, as it was for many years, was in my in my house, it's I'm just sitting there and I go, oh, I'll just make another coffee. Mm. Yeah. Or, oh, just... Uh, I look for things that are not what I'm doing to, uh, you know, try and find the excuse in that. You know, yeah. oh, maybe I need another croissant. So do, do you I mean, think... I always need another croissant. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> who doesn't? Who yeah, doesn't? exactly. Do you, do you think deliberately then about the space, the environment that yeah. you're in when you are thinking about creating a new piece of work? I, I do. And I, I, I will very often, before I actually start, I will very often take my dog out and get outside yeah, it sounds sounds a bit wanky, but get out into nature and just feel the wind and just and uh, and be amongst it. And mm. often then you come inside and you sit down and you go, right, I'm ready. Mm. Let's um, let's see what's floating by and grab it. Ben, what advice would you give to someone who wants to bring more creativity into their daily life? And I'm thinking probably for people that perhaps are not working in the creative arts world. Just look up. This is a little bit of a personal crusade of mine, but. Recently, I've been commuting in and out for a job in town and and I live about half an hour out from uh, Waterloo. So I've been doing that kind of classic commuter thing. And I think if you just wake up, check your phone, have a shower, have breakfast, check your phone, get on the train, check your phone. um, I I just think you can miss so much. Mm. And I think 
being creative is about being open and present. Yeah. And uh, I, I just see so many people, and believe me, I get it. Mm. I get it. They're going in. They're going in for some a tough day of proper work, not the nonsense I do, but proper work. And they, you know, they've got meetings. And they're going to have things, and they just want a bit of numbness for their brain, so that they that's going to make. But I, I would counter that, saying actually, if you're constantly just looking at other stuff and and faff and nonsense and TikTok, which is you know marvelous in many ways, but it is chewing gum for the brain. Um, I just just look up and and look what's around you. Look at another person. So actually, sort of create a story about what they're doing in their lives. That's my personal favourite. Kind of <laughs> look at what are they doing? Where have they come from? What have they said? You know, um, are they married? Have they got children? Blah blah blah. How to, and just trying to sort of Sherlock Holmes them a bit and sort of I wonder where they've come from and you know why are they so cross um, and, <laughs> and all those things. Create just, little stories. Yeah, but just 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 look up. I think if everything you do is about a task then you are shutting yourself off from the unexpected and that yeah. is um that can be bad for you i think personally just mm. how i see things well as a little challenge we thought maybe could we create something here in the sort of environment of this studio and see what we can what we can come up with um so you want to you want a song about creativity so why not yeah. sure yeah um okay who knows how it's going to go um uh, let's let's uh, okay. What do you want it in the style of? Kind of like uh, as you pick style. Piano what? pop ballad is easy. Just well, you made me think of something earlier on when you were talking about the the, the people on the train coming into work. Okay. It's quite a nice riff actually. I quite like it. Yeah. Going into town Head to roll down He's good, isn't he? Yeah Look up into sky Gotta ask the questions why Creativity Creativity <laughs> We're feeling it. I always end up on the stage. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah, very good. There you go. Very good. Well, it's absolute nonsense, but you know. Well, we'll oh, I actually like that it. riff. Yeah. Well, Who knows? Yeah. Our, the start of our creativity <laughs> song might end up on the West End. You heard it here. First, Welcome folks. to the Wyndham's Theatre, yeah. Creativity the Musical. <laughs> Um, Brought to you by the Being Human podcast. Yeah. Ben, a, a, a final question for you. Okay. Uh, what's next for you? What have you got coming up soon? So I am uh, orchestrating a new piece written by John Robbins and Chris Orton. Um, John Robbins, who is a seasoned West End pro, um, uh, he's currently playing The Phantom in that uh, musical where he wears the mask. Um, and uh, these guys approached me a few years ago with this show called Then Now Next, which is a sort of show about relationships and how you have different relationships at different points in your life. Mm. And uh, I think it's a, a real little gem. And we, we're, we're playing in the Southwark Playhouse for six weeks, uh, end of June, July. Um, and there's going to be 
I can't actually announce it, but uh, leading the company is going to be a, a huge Western star and it's going to be very exciting. And uh, I'm really proud of the music that we have created for it. It's, it's been a real challenge. It's been a really lovely piece to be involved with. So that's um, my main theatre thing next. That sounds um, exciting. It's really, really exciting. So again, when and where? It's then, now and next, and it is at the Southwark Playhouse, end of Ju- June, beginning and all the way through to the end of July. So, have to get tickets, Jez. Um, indeed. I'm not sure we've officially announced, but it is happening. So <laughs> if, I've, if I've shot the gun, there we go. Ben, I just had one question for you, because yeah. throughout our conversation, you've mentioned the cello, the guitar, the piano, the recorder. How many instruments can you actually play? Oh, um... I, or yeah. is it easier to go through? Are there any that you can't? I don't, I don't, a... I don't really play bowed strings. So I don't play the okay. cello, but I write a lot for it because I just love it. Um, it that just comes from having a fascination with Julie from fame when I was a kid. Mm. Um, so Craig asked me this on tour. We did a Q&A on this thing. How many instruments do you play? Let's talk about that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, me um, and Craig think alike. <laughs> I think I think uh, we, we sat in the dressing and worked it out and it's 27. Wow. So um, I was... a very boring kid I was <laughs> obsessed and I still am and 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 um and when I find something new I have to get good at it I can't I can't just leave so I, I really do obsess about it just because every different musical instrument has a different voice which mm. then gives me new avenues to play with I love all instruments Ben listen thank you so much for joining us and sharing your words of wisdom Thank you so much. I don't know if any of it was wise, but um, I I, I think I I meant what I said. So let's find out. Yeah. (laughs) When we listen back, (laughs) what was that about? I've no (laughs) idea. But yeah, thanks for having me. I've had a lovely time. Well, that was so much fun. It's always great to see Ben, isn't it? I find him such an inspiration. How did you find our discussion, Amelia? That was a really, really engaging conversation. He is just so talented and I think has shone some well-deserved light on the world of theatre and the creative arts. I think for me, one of the big takeaways was that we can all be creative, even if you're not from a stereotypically you know, creative field, providing that you are open and present. That is a hit-home message. You can apply it absolutely everywhere. It's that being aware of what is passing you by and going with that moment and noticing that and running with an idea. You can do that, like Ben said, from Excel spreadsheets to composing music with Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think it's it's applicable to anything. But what did you take away from the conversation, Jez? Yeah, well, similarly, I mean, a couple of things stuck out for me um, when thinking about how I can be more creative in life generally. Mm. The first one was just start yeah. Just start writing or start doing whatever it is you're doing. Just make a start. Get, get something. Um, and then and then see where it takes you. And the other thing, like you, was all around being present. Don't don't worry too much, um, uh, you know, about what happened yesterday mm. or what might happen tomorrow, and just enjoy right now. And again, you know, the, I suppose the other thing as well was the fact that sort of creativity is something that happens or can happen really powerfully with other people as well. Yeah, that collaboration yeah. point. So be open to and connect with those around you as well, I think. But anyway, those are the sorts of things that I took away. Just before we wrap up, um, how are you getting on with your guitar playing, Jez? I thought you might ask me that, and I, I feel very inadequate now, having just spent an hour <laughs> with um, someone who's a virtuoso. Um but it is going well. I am finding the time to practice and I'm sticking with it. I'm missing the odd session, but um, 
I am slowly but surely making some progress. What about you? How's the reading going, Amelia? <laughs> um, it's been interesting, harder than I thought, but I think we'll be covering all of that in the next episode of the Being Human podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to the Being Human podcast. Brought to you by Just Add Water. Nurturing individual brilliance, forging collective strength. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, my God, it, my, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's a, a big open space to this side of the piano. Yes, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't be as fun. Attention. <laughs> yeah. where, where, where are we at with language? Do I have to mind my P's and Q's? You can probably get away with a shit. Yeah. Probably, probably not a fuck. Not a fuck? No. And definitely, definitely not, not a... a can you feel the love tonight? <laughs>